What is up, guys? This is Drew on the Just Drew Show. Yes, this is the first podcast that have hit your ears. That is right, guys. This is my first time doing this. I'm excited uh, about this venture and about podcasting and just letting you guys hear some new topics and a new perspective. I know I get comments all the time on social media about, man, you should really do a show. You should really do this. Okay, this is my opportunity to be able to do this. So, guys, I mean, not to give too many formalities, but my name is Drew White. Um, I love sports, technology, um, anything pop culture related, really. I'm just a pretty average guy, you know, just love sports and anything that related. So um, just keep this podcast basically simple. Um, and just whatever you guys want to hear, you know, make sure you guys comment, you know, give me some feedback, tell me what you guys think and everything like that. But other than that, guys, I, I don't really want to hold you guys up too much, but I just want to jump right in. And I guess what we could talk about, too, is the ways of the Warriors. We're going to talk about baseball trades. Free agency is heating up. Uh, is Drake a marketing genius? And I'm excited about Men in Black International with Tessa Thompson and Chris Hemsworth. I think that film is going to be incredible. They're both incredibly talented actors. I mean, of this generation, they play in some very incredible roles. They played. They were acting together, I believe, in Thor, but we'll get to that soon. And the show that is showing off, which is basically a version of the show of the week. So, guys, let's keep it locked here. Let's get it going. This is Judge Drew show coming right at you. The ways of the Warriors, guys. The ways of the Warriors. I mean, the strength of numbers, the Steph cooking it up thing. I mean, the Warriors have dropped to 3-1 to the Toronto Raptors. That means Jurassic Park is going crazy right now up in the north. Toronto, The Toronto Raptors, from what I've seen, have been playing remarkable. From my understanding is, is the fact that Kawhi Leonard's playing incredible. Kyle Lowry's showing up. But they're having bench players show up. Siakam. All these guys are showing up at the right time, giving them the right moment to be able to succeed really as a team. And to be completely frank, the Warriors, they've kind of met their match a little bit there. I mean, just being honest, as a true, true basketball fan, I mean, when you have a team like a, a Raptors that is well coached by Nick Nurse, they're using strategies against the Warriors that they used against LeBron James and the Miami Heat. And those things like the San Antonio Spurs that Kawhi Leonard, he played against uh, LeBron. So I'm pretty sure Kawhi Leonard is taking his experience from uh, from those from those finals games that he played. So Kawhi Leonard, for those that don't know, he played in a couple finals games under the Spurs uh, organization. But one thing about Kawhi Leonard is the fact that um, he is an incredible defender. I mean, you're not going to get very too far on Coyle. I mean, he has long arms. He's about 6'7", has massive hands. I mean, like sledgehammer hands. So, I mean, he could grip the ball like it's nothing. But the thing is, is that they're using a defense if you guys aren't paying close attention. And for those non-basketball fans out there, I want to help educate you guys a little bit. They're running a box and one. And a box and one is normally a defense that is ran in uh, high school, middle school, college, but never really in the pros because in the pros, you technically should be able to guard your man. So basically, a box and one is you have a zone defense. So you're forcing the four players in the back to move around and make different moves and cuts to do what they need to do. But you're forcing one player to 
to to pressure the ball and forcing them to go to a certain direction on the court. So his job is maybe a, a, a guy who's six seven guarding Steph Curry, who's the point guard who has the ball, forcing him to go to maybe to the sidelines or going up the middle or forcing him where the defense wasn't to go. It's a very intriguing defense, but it's one of those things where if you can beat it. You're gonna have you're gonna work wonders. You're gonna be able to have open shots. You're gonna have to be able to find people. You're gonna be able to pick and roll stuff like that to be able to help down your defense. But that defense I've noticed throughout this finals has really been an Achilles heel for the Warriors. And not to mention a big Achilles heel. Speaking of an Achilles heel, Kevin Durant. And uh, he, I mean, he, he, I mean, he had a calf injury in in like the last playoff series. And I don't really think that that had much of a, a effect at first, but it really is starting to show an effect because they need Kevin Durant just a little bit there. Uh, Clay Thompson went out in game four, I believe. And he uh, went out with, I think he also had a calf injury. But the thing is, is that Clay Thompson is such a good uh, defender and he's a good shot maker because he's such like a Scottie Pippen type from the Bulls in the 90s for all those uh, 90s babies out there. Um Steph and them, I mean, Steph has help. But the thing is, Steph's defense hasn't been the greatest either, which has kind of been a thing that's been getting the Warriors. A lot of the Warriors' weaknesses that people have talked about throughout the years are coming out. But my thing is, is that Toronto's taking advantage of those weaknesses and saying, okay, if they're not making this, we're going to do this. If they're not doing this, we're going to do this. So those things like that are just going on with the Warriors organization. But it doesn't excuse the fact that, that the Warriors – We'll be back. I mean, I have a good feeling this game could, this series could go to game seven. And the reason being for saying game seven is the Warriors are just the type that, you know, they've been down before. They'll play possum for a little bit and they'll get back. But I've gotten 50 50 with this one. I mean, I had a couple, a buddy the other day asked me, he was saying, like, do you think Toronto really has a legitimate chance of winning this? I said, they win one more game. That's it. The Warriors have been defeated. They they no longer are the reigning they're no longer the reigning champs they no longer can win three back to back championships because they won the last they won the last no they won the last two excuse me and they want to be a three peat basically like the Bulls in the nineties and all those other teams but the thing is is that the Warriors are the type of team that they they play well together but when they're missing they're missing when they're off they're off. And the only thing with that is, is the fact that you, you have to pick and choose your good days and bad days. And I guess Toronto's just caught them on a bad day every single night these last couple games. So and that doesn't take away the credit from Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors because Toronto Raptors are doing an, an incredible job as an organization. They were patient. They had to make some painful moves with guys like uh, DeMar DeRozan, who got traded to the Spurs, which in, in essence created the Kawhi Leonard deal. So therefore, the. Really, honestly, Toronto has been doing some good good work. I mean, because like Kawhi Leonard with Kyle Lowry is a good one-two punch. A lot of people don't think that, but Kyle Lowry is a good player. You have to give him his credit. I mean, it's hard. NBA is a tough league, man. It's a tough league. So you can't just say like to us on TV, you may say, oh, that looks easy. He can easily do that. But to them on TV, you got guys moving at a high rate of speed. You got stuff, physical contact coming at you every, every which way. So it's just one of those things where, organization is being built from the ground up. They're both built from the ground up. The Warriors weren't this team that had a long stint of money over the last couple of years. They built from the ground up as well. The Toronto Raptors, they've really worked with their, their president who does an incredible job. He has a good rapport with the, uh, the city, it seems like, and it seems like the fan base there that he's uh, really trying to create an atmosphere where 
uh, Raptors fans can thrive. And if you're not a Raptors fan, you might this might be a perfect opportunity to become one if you're not bandwagon on any other team. But the Raptors are, are, are an incredible organization, which technically leads me to my next point, basically. And that's basically, is Drake a marketing genius? And I, I say yes, because Drake is a marketing genius by him riding or dying for the Raptors since day one. This man has been a Raptors fan for some years now. He Drake is considered an ambassador for Toronto, for those that don't know. Uh, he his, The tourism Toronto, I heard, has gone up by like 60% just because of Drake's name alone on the city of Toronto. So therefore, putting that into the Raptors organization, Drake is kind of like the Spike Lee of the Toronto Raptors, like Spike Lee was when he was with the New York Knicks, our Knicks fan, which shot the ticket prices up. So basically, Drake is doing exactly what he's doing he's doing the antics like spike he's doing you know messing with steph curry with a little lint and if i if you guys gotta check that out on youtube man it was it was hilarious when drake took lint off steph curry's uh shirt and he said hey does anybody uh want to buy this off uh ebay for like little or nothing i got this from the game one of the finals and stuff but stuff like that drake's doing just to throw shade just kind of throw guys off their game a little bit but he's a marketing genius because now everybody they want to be the team that challenges the Warriors, sports is kind of like that, guys. It's, it's one of those things where if you're challenging a team and you're like, hey, we want this underdog team. We want this team that's going to just come out of nowhere and just slay the giant. That's what they want. So the thing is, is the fact that Drake, by just him doing the things that he does, is really bringing a market. He wearing an old school uh, Toronto Raptors jersey with Vince uh, Carter's number and name on the back of it. People are buying those now. There's like a, it's just like an essential thing. Like I don't know if anybody's big into the consignment or the fashion world, but those jerseys are like a vintage item piece, and people wear them with like distressed jeans. You know, get you some nice J's. Came out. And speaking of J's, Michael Jordan just released a Toronto Raptor uh, colorway pair. So that's something to really be uh, checking out. And see, the thing is, is the fact that Drake is a type of guy that he's a diehard sports fan, but he's also creates traction whether it's in his music whether it's in his business moves wherever it is drake is just a a good salesman point blank period i mean this man has worked from the ground up when it came to um working with um he worked on the grassy as an actor and he worked his way into the music world and i know some people might know about his music i uh, worked his way up through the music world um some of the biggest names some of the biggest acts selling out concerts and then drake moving from concerts and being a fan of sports that ties into that kind of more like that Jay-Z brand because Jay-Z, he owns a percentage of the Brooklyn Nets. So that's where that's coming from with Drake. So I honestly do believe Drake is a marketing genius. It's just one of those things that he's the type of guy that, you know, he he really knows. He's very calculated, smart. So like he knows how to throw Kevin Durant off on Twitter. And then the next day, see him in the arena and kind of making fun of his shot or something like that. That's just all fun. It's just a funny game. It's just friendly competition. I love the the picture on Instagram. If you guys check it out, it's a picture with E40, the famous rapper for those who don't know. E40 is from Oakland, California. He's a diehard Warriors fan, just like Drake is a diehard Raptors fan. He uh, took a picture with him, and Drake and him were like hugging each other, kind of like brothers, and saying, This is friendly competition, but at the end of the day, we want to win a ring. And I think that's just great that a guy like uh, Drake and E40 can just kind of chop it up a little bit, just friendly competition. And that's what sports is about. You know, you want to be able to find those guys and stuff and those people that are are really um, willing to bring in more people to sport because sports just brings so much together. I mean, you have competition, you have, you know, friendship, you have lifelong bonds and stuff. I mean, sports has taught so many great lessons and stuff. But the thing is, is that Drake 
is continuously going to go to Raptors. Whether they win this finals or not, the Raptors are going to be arrived finally. People are going to finally put the respect on the Raptors that they deserve. The Raptors are an incredible organization. So saying that is saying that the, the best is yet to come for the Raptors. I mean, there's no way around that. The, the best is yet to come. So the thing is, is that Drake has to be able to continue to grow the brand of the Raptors and continue to grow his brand. Um, and the thing is, is that when you grow your brand, when it comes within the basketball world, it, it, it becomes like wildfire, man. I mean, Michael Jordan now owns the, the uh, Charlotte Hornets which is one of the organizations that is they're on the rise. They haven't quite made the playoffs yet, but they're getting there. They, they, they almost made it this year, but they got, I think, behind by like two games or so. But saying that is saying that the fact that Drake is one of those type of guys that when he puts his name on something, he's just not doing it just for fun, just because Drake is just a marketing genius. So, guys, let me go and take a break here. Let me say the fact that um, go ahead and check me out on social media at Just Drew Show TV on Instagram. Um, hit me up on there, guys, and stuff. Uh, make sure you guys give this podcast a like, share it with your friends, tell everybody, listen to it in the car, listen to wherever you're whatever you doing, working out and stuff. But I really appreciate you guys listening. So we're going to jump right back in. Baseball trades. I'm transitioning here a little bit. Baseball trades are crazy. This this past couple of weeks or so. Trades, free agency, whatever you call it. The Braves signed Dallas Kirkle, who is one of the premier pitchers in the major leagues. He won the Cy Young Award. He played on the team that the Astros won the World Series when he played with the Braves catcher, Brian McCann. Now, signing Dallas Kirkle will put the Braves over the hump to win the NL East and possibly the World Series. So the Braves are making moves. They're making, they're making money here and stuff. And the Braves, they're actually outbidded the New York Yankees for Kirkle. Which is a lot. If you can outbid the the empire of the Yankees, the, the the team that just never seems to lose, that has put out great players such as Luke Garrett, Derek Jeter, Alex Rodriguez, you know, um, CeCe Sabathia, the list goes on and on of, of Yankee players that have just dominated the sport of baseball. But the Braves were making moves to get Dallas Kirkle, which I personally am proud of that the Braves are making good moves. Um, they're going to continue to make good moves because that only adds on to the trifecta of Ronald Acuna, Dansby Swanson, and um, Ozzy Albies, and possibly Josh Donaldson. So you could say Forfecta or whatever you call it. Um, the Braves are a good organization. They're doing better and better each year. Uh, when they played Dodge last year in the uh, playoffs, I wasn't quite sure whether we were going to get over the hump and beat them because the Dodgers are just incredible. I mean, the way their organization is just set up, they have pitchers on pitchers. They have batters on batters. So the Dodgers are not unbeatable, but they're, they, they're very hard to beat nonetheless. But one of the also another thing is, is the fact that that the that the Braves kind of in a way they're working to get rid of the Phillies in a way and not in a bad way, get rid of the Phillies, but more so in a way like to compete with the Phillies, if you will. The Phillies just signed Bryce Harper. For those who don't know, Bryce Harper is one of the best hitters in baseball right now. I mean, this kid is incredible. When he was in high school, he hit like a 500 foot home run in high school, like 18 years old, like like it was nothing. But Bryce Harper is one of the premier baseball players right now. So I think the Braves are trying to put somebody in the organization because they face them in a week um, here, um, I think, in Atlanta. So basically, the Braves are just moving in to where they're like, OK, we're going to continuously close in on the on the uh, Phillies. That way we can kind of keep them at bay because the Phillies just recently lost my main man, Andrew McCutcheon. I mean, sad news, man. I mean, he, he was helping my fantasy team out. But, oh, man. 
I, I was crushed, man. I was crushed when uh, Andrew McCutcheon went out. I was like, oh, great. There goes my fantasy points. But I hope he gets well. Hope he has a speedy recovery. ACL injuries are nothing to play with, but people do recover from him quickly. But back to the Braves, though, the, the Braves are continuously going to push forward to get a World Series, to get back to their glory days of the 90s when they won a series, when they beat the Cleveland Indians, Cleveland Indians in a World Series in Atlanta at Turner Field before they moved. So, and it's also one of those things, too, is like with baseball trades, too, that tie into that. The Braves' former pitcher, Craig Kimbrell, who recently pitched for the White, the, not White Sox, excuse me, Red Sox. I need to know my colors. The Red Sox in, in Boston, and the Boston Red Sox just won the World Series this past year. So he was a free agent this year, but the Cubs ended up signing him. And the Cubs put out big, big money paycheck. And the Braves are really trying to sign him throughout this offseason or before spring training. But the thing was, is the fact that um, Kimbrell, his price, they said, were saying was too high. They need to maybe lower it a little bit. And then it got down to terms of contract, how many years we're going to have to pay this guy, stuff like that. So basically, Kimbrell and Kirkle are the two premier free agents this past offseason and stuff and this past and during the season as well. So and it's going to be interesting to watch that series between the Braves, um, Kirkle versus Kimbrell. You know, Acuna versus Kimbrell, you know, all those type of matchups and stuff would be incredible to watch. But there's another thing, too, that during the Kimbrell trade that, according, if you guys go check it out on The Athletic and stuff, they're talking about how that they put out a pay. They basically said, if how much could it take to pay somebody who's the top pitcher? And basically saying, like, the Cubs really opened their checkbook. They basically like, hey, we're writing this guy a check for this much amount, and we're just going to go for it. And the thing is, is the fact that, the Cubs, man, they're not afraid to shower from some money because they have the money to spend. You know, you have to you have to have money to make money. So therefore, sometimes the Cubs they um are like in the range with the Yankees and the Red Sox and that two hundred million dollar range where they can work with that salary cap. And for those that don't really know sports, excuse me if I'm going a little too far here and a little abstract. When you have a salary cap in sports, it means like so much money you can only spend on your team, on your you know your organization from coaches to, to to even your players to you know front office people so sometimes your salary cap has a huge effect on your team and what you're able to do and it affects your draft picks it affects if you can sign a new rookie it affects if you can pay your guys in the farm system which is the minor leagues single a double a triple a stuff like that so that's kind of where salary cap works but the braves continuously keep their salary cap at a pretty even rate they're going to be just as fine too but like I said, you have to be one of those organizations that just has money. And Yankees, they have championships. The Cubs, they just won a championship, but they had money. So it's so it's willing you have to spend to go get good players, but you don't want to go bankrupt either with your organization. So and and the thing is, is the fact that that Kimbrough is a type of pitcher that I mean, he's just a fiery pitcher, man. He's a good relief pitcher. I mean, he comes in the game, man. I remember I went to a game. Uh, a year or two ago when he came in and they had like this music playing like you see in Major League, the movie where, you know, the song is going and they got the crowd just into it. He's an electric pitcher. So he comes out and he just starts striking people out, striking people out. Next thing you know, he strikes the next batter out, game over. They win. So Kimbrough is that type of pitcher. And saying also to on um, Kirkle, Kirkle is a very good, very good pitcher. Is is He's very consistent. He's very, he can go the distance. I mean, when you have a pitcher that can go the distance, man, that's like the old days of playing baseball back in the 
50s, 60s, you know, even before even before that, you know, those guys going the distance. And Kirk can go seven, eight innings. If you can go seven, eight innings at the pitcher, man, I mean, you, you, you're, you're just in great shape. You're just, I mean, a dominant force because it doesn't put too much pressure on your bullpen. And for those that don't know, a bullpen is where you hold all your other pitchers at and you're able to, you know, just being able to being able to um, keep them there on a the bench, just like a bench, basically. And you just, you know, keep them out there. And for my super sports nerds here, when you have an ERA that's super low, whew, I mean, your pitches are just fiery. I mean, just coming out of your glove like it ain't like it like it ain't nothing like you're just throwing just pebbles out there on the mound. So but I digress, guys. But the thing also, too, I want to I want to discuss a little bit, too, is the uh, NFL. some of the news was going on there uh julio jones from the atlanta falcons has they said he's not showing up to otas which is totally fine i mean they're just organized team activities i mean he's fine as long as he's training as long as he's healthy and ready to go for the season that's all that matters i don't think people should really be freaking out too much about it but there also was a hilarious video that came out from otas with uh tack mckinley and tack mckinley was basically uh answering questions from a reporter and you guys gotta check it out on um on youtube uh, he basically was saying, like, he asked him, how was OTAs today? He was saying, fine. And they asked him again. It was like, so you feel like you're getting better on the pass rush drill, this, that, and the other? And he was like, yeah, yeah, you know. So basically, he's pulling a Marshawn Lynch, say that all nonetheless. And Marshawn Lynch was the type, when he was at Super Bowl, for everybody to remember his infamous, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. Um, you know why I'm here. So doing that is, is like some reporters don't like that. But to me, honestly, it's hilarious. Sometimes you got to have a little fun before the season starts for OTAs and, you know, drills going on. But to be honest, man, looking at some of these draft picks that come in, this this draft this year was top heavy. So they're they're going to have some good a good year this year when it comes to I think Kyler Murray have a decent year this year. Um, I honestly believe that um, Lamar Jackson, him and the system of Baltimore is really going to help him out a little bit uh, since it's being his second year. And all, but by them getting Antonio Brown uh, from the Oakland Raiders, his uh, nephew, I believe, um, as a receiver from Oklahoma, that offense on Baltimore is about to be just unreal. I mean, their their offense is about to be electric. And then once they fix that defense up, I mean, Baltimore might be a contender in the AFC. They might challenge the Patriots this year, which I, I a lot of people probably hope. But still, that that that's just an incredible thing that you're able to do such a thing. And my thing is too when you're when you have the type of we have the type of organization uh, like a Arizona Cardinals where you have a little bit more leeway to be able to push back and not be able to, you know, um, uh, lose a lot of money per se on players. I mean, you have a couple of veterans there that can help Kyler Murray out, you know, stuff like that. But I think someone else they need to pay attention to Ed Oliver. Ed Oliver this year, who I can't remember the team that drafted him off the top of my head. I might have to find out for later for you guys later, but. Ed Oliver is going to be a dominant, dominant force within the National Football League. This kid is unreal. I wouldn't put him up there with Khalil Mack just yet, but give him time and just see how he develops. And he may just be in the conversation in the next year or two. However, the NFL, too, they have some pretty funny news, too. Uh, a lot of people like Odell Beckham Jr. Some people love him. Some people hate him. Odell Beckham Jr. just recently left the New York Giants. He was traded, I believe, or a free agent or something along those lines where he was able to uh, become a Cleveland Brown. Um, Odell Beckham's playing with his old college teammate Jarvis Landry. They both played at LSU together. 
Uh, any LSU Tiger fans out there, that's for y'all. Um, Odell Beckham just basically bought a Rolls Royce. And the Rolls Royce has the emblem, the thing that comes out the top of the car with, I guess, a button or something. And it has him catching the football, his famous catch, one-handed backwards. And I was blown away. I was like, man, this guy, I guess they paid him well because he, he, he really is showing out here with his, uh, with his new uh, emblem on his car. And on top of that, the Rolls Royce is orange and black. Not like, you know, like orange-orange, but like more of like a, a brownish-orange, like, like the browns, obviously. And the, and the thing is, is that you got guys like that in the NFL, man. It's like, man, you got it, you got it, man. Just go ahead and show it, you know? But the thing is, is that um, NFL, I think, is going to heat up this offseason a little bit more than what um, I'm expecting. Um, honestly, this year, I think teams that I have picked early on, I can't say too much because based on preseason. But I honestly think this year in Miami, the Super Bowl is probably going to be between the Atlanta Falcons and possibly, possibly a strong contender from the AFC. I can't put a finger on anybody in the AFC right now because it's too hard to determine. But the Falcons this year could win the Super Bowl. Everybody's back. Everybody's healthy. Devontae Freeman's back. Keanu Neal's back. we got some new draft picks. got some good offensive lines. So we fixed all the holes that didn't need to be fixed. And if you can't tell already, I'm a Falcons fan. I mean, I guess I sound a little biased, but no, I'm a Falcons fan. I'm a, I'm a dirty bird for life. You know, I love, love the Falcons, man. I always have, always will. First team I ever followed. So I'm going to shout out to all my Falcons fans out there. Rise up. Uh, you know, Saints fans, you know, you still welcome to listen to podcasts and everything like that, but we still love you over here at, at the Just Drew Show. But, um, guys, the thing is, is the fact that the Falcons are going to win it. I just have a strong feeling about it. I don't think the Patriots are going to be back in the Super Bowl. I think somebody's going to finally figure them out and finally get a chance to beat them. Not saying that Brady's not going to can't do it anymore. It's just someone has them figured out, I believe. And I think someone at AFC has a team where they're able to kind of break up that Patriots offense. And plus, you got to remember, they're missing a huge piece in Gronkowski. He retired recently this year to go become an actor. I mean, Mark Wahlberg, I uh, have a little connection there. So, but yeah, guys, that's what I really think is going to uh, be in Super Bowl this year. And the Super Bowl this year, guys, is hosted in Miami. So if you're going to Super Bowl Miami, go ahead and get your tickets now. Go ahead and do what you got to do. You know, I think they're taking volunteers down there. You know, you may can't get in the game, but you may go check a little something, something out down in Miami. I mean, Super Bowl here, I mean, hosted in Atlanta. Uh, I was able to experience some of the stuff down there. It was pretty incredible. It was pretty cool, stuff like that. So, yeah. But, guys, also, I guess, segue, too. Um, don't forget to uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. You know, uh, tell your friends about it. You know, follow me on social media at Just Drew Show uh, TV on Instagram. That's Just Drew Show TV on Instagram, guys. Don't forget that. Uh, comment if you guys want to know more, this, that, and the other. Keep it clean, you know. Care a little bit about um, I'm excited. For Men in Black International, Tessa Thompson and um, Chris Hemsworth. Um, the thing is, is the fact that Men in Black has been a staple for me in science fiction movies because it's just one of those movies, man. It's just not anything, not anything like it. It's like a cop movie, but it's not really a cop movie. But they're chasing aliens, bad aliens, stuff like that. So I guess an alien cop movie, if you could say so. And the thing is, is the fact that Men in Black, starring Tessa Thompson, is about to be unreal because now we have a good, strong female lead in Tessa Thompson who's going to kick alien butt in the movie. Bad alien butt at that because not all the aliens are bad in Men in Black. But the thing is, is that Men in Black International is directed by, I think, Freddie, I think Freddie, um, I forget his last name, but I know his name, his first name is Freddie. But he just recently got 
hissed on a Hollywood Walker fame. He directed Straight Outta Compton, uh, Fast and Furious movie, stuff like that. So he, he's a pretty solid director. He, he, has, he has his chops. But the thing is, is the fact that um, that movie is just about to be lit and about to understand. I think it comes out in the middle of June. I think the 12th, maybe June 12th when that Men in Black comes out. But I'm definitely going to go check it out. Hopefully I can give a review on it and let you guys know what I thought about it. What, you know, what it was going on in the movie, uh, what I liked, disliked, you know, 7 out of 10 rating, you know, 5 out of 10, you know, 10 out of 10 rating, you know, that type of stuff. But guys, not to uh, segue too, too hard, but. How about we talk about this and coming at you right next, and that is the show that is showing off. I know I mentioned that earlier, and the show that is showing off, that's just basically a show or series where I just say they're showing off for the week and that you guys should go check them out. They're not paying me to promote this, but I just love the show so much that you guys should be able to go check that kind of stuff out. And the show that's showing off for me, is for guys, is The Shy which is on Showtime. And if you guys don't have Showtime or the app or this and the other, or find a way to watch show, The Shy, it's an incredible show, very well written by Alina Waith, who is uh, an incredible producer, writer, director, actor, all that good stuff. She has her chops. But it's an incredible show. It's based on the daily lives of people in Southside Chicago, um, just living life, you know, going through things, going through good things, bad. So it's just everyday life in Chicago. Also, Another documentary that I recently I'm still watching right now, but it's a good one. And that's the, and that's the show When They See Us. Now, When They See Us is one of those shows. It's very hard to watch because it's based on true stories, based on the story of the Central Park Five, directed by the great Avery DuVernay. Um, guys, that is an incredible documentary. So give it time and check it out and all that good stuff. But also, guys, not to uh, run out too much time is the fact that watch the 90s sitcoms. I think rewatching real 90s sitcoms really brings back good memories and things of that nature where you're able to just, you know, uh, uh, reminisce. I love uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. I love Living Single. I love Different World. Um, let me name one more. Um, Friends is pretty good. Um, Seinfeld is pretty solid. Um, Smart Guy, all the Disney shows. But yeah, but those are the shows that you guys should watch. But guys, I think that is all with the time I have. I don't want to hold you guys up too much. But guys, Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you so much for your time and all that stuff. This is the first show. I'm excited. Uh, we're going to keep this thing rolling. Hopefully, we can get some more guests on this show, guys. But, guys, my name is Drew. This has been the Just Drew Show, and you guys have been awesome. You guys have a wonderful day. All right. Peace.